You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Saturday, June 17th, 2023. We are now less than two months away from the start of fall camp. Big 10 media days in Indianapolis are less than six weeks away. And that's when, at least in my opinion, things start to get real. I kind of feel like the season starts at Big 10 media days, only six weeks away. Very exciting. Now, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know we seldom put out new content during the offseason. We usually spend most of our time during the regular season commenting on game results and previewing upcoming games. But I've been inspired by our friends at Buckeye Talk to record this episode today. Now, I'm a big fan of the Buckeye Talk podcast. It is daily listening for me, and I very much appreciate all the hard work Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, and Stephen Means are doing over there to bring us coverage of Ohio State football from pretty much every conceivable angle. Doug and Nathan, by the way, were also very kind to appear on this podcast several years ago. We were hugely appreciative of their time and insight. So huge fan of their work. Now, the Buckeye Talk crew recently recorded two different podcasts about Ohio State fan expectations that I found really, really intriguing. And I want to spend a few minutes responding to those today maybe about 10 minutes. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. And by the way, I suggest you head over to the Buckeye Talk podcast and listen to both episodes. You can get them anywhere you listen to podcasts. I listen to them on Spotify. You can also get them on Apple Podcasts. Still about two and a half months away from the start of the season. If you're desperate for some fresh Buckeye content, head over there and check out both of these pods that they put out. The first one was released on June 1st and it's titled, Is a National Title Ohio State's Standard of Success? The second one dropped just this past Wednesday, June 14th, with the title, Being an Ohio State Fan Isn't Fun? Strong Reactions to the Joys and Burdens of Following the Buckeyes. Now, there were two major questions explored in these episodes. The first, is a national championship a reasonable expectation, a reasonable standard for Ohio State fans to have every season? And then the second question, is the burden of those very high expectations ruining the joy and fun of being an Ohio State fan? Two very interesting questions, both from the standpoint of being a lifelong fan myself and from the perspective of someone who produces a podcast and interacts with other Buckeye fans on a pretty regular basis, though admittedly not nearly on the level that Doug, Nathan, and Steven do. Now, I took note of some considerable fan angst on this podcast during last season while Ohio State was still undefeated number two in the country. And it was after the clunker at Northwestern in those extreme weather conditions. We remember, you know, because of the wind and the rain, the Buckeyes had to grind that game out with their defense and their running game. Uh, They only scored, I think, 21, yeah, 21 points. And that was at the end of a three-game stretch that also included Iowa and Penn State, during which the Buckeyes, you know, they struggled at times and did not look as sharp as they did through the first half of the season. We remember, you know, coming out of the bye week, Ohio State really struggled with Iowa for about two and a half quarters before pulling away. We remember the Penn State game was a street fight from start to finish before Ohio State pulled away in that game. Now, Ohio State managed to win all three of those games by double digits. And yet, it seemed a fair number of Buckeye fans, it's hard to know how many exactly, stopped enjoying themselves. And of course, that fear and loathing were amplified by some multiple a few weeks later after the loss to Michigan. So 
look, I see and hear what the Buckeye Talk guys see and hear, right? There was there was a palpable uh, angst um, among the Ohio State fan base toward the end of last season, even before Ohio State actually lost a game. Now, for the record, I, I really appreciate what Doug in particular is trying to accomplish with these podcasts, which is to help a certain segment of the Ohio State fan base experience more fun and enjoyment from Buckeye football. I mean, that is a noble pursuit. I think Doug is providing a great service to those fans. And look, I wish him the best of luck because I actually think tamping down Ohio State fan expectations is no small feat. I might even go so far as to say it's futile, <laughs> impossible. Now, Doug's view, his overarching view, is that national championship expectations are perhaps a little unreasonable for a program that only has two titles over the last 50 years. And maybe the key to more fan enjoyment is to dial back those expectations a little bit. Now, I have a different view of that. While two titles in 50 years is factually correct, I think that stat is pretty misleading. And I don't think it accurately represents the level Ohio State has been competing at for the last two decades. I also think it doesn't fully account for everything the program accomplished under Woody Hayes either. And finally, I think it gives entirely too much weight to the 21-year national title drought the program experienced between 1980 and 2000. Now, I want to talk about all three of those periods of Ohio State football here for a minute because I think you have to weigh all of that history if you want to set appropriate expectations for the program today. Let's start with Woody Hayes. From 1951 to 1978, Hayes was the program's head coach. He led the Buckeyes to five national titles. 1970, which is a bit of a controversial title, but the school counts it as a title. 1968, 1961, 1957, and 1954. And Hayes narrowly missed out on four other titles, 69, 73, 74, and 75. It's also worth noting 13 Big Ten titles for Woody Hayes, and he was 16-11-1 and one versus Michigan. So Woody showed us just how high the ceiling is at Ohio State. Now, as we remember, he was fired as head coach in 1978 after slugging a Clemson player in the Cater Bowl, and he was replaced by Earl Bruce. Uh, Bruce's first season as head coach was 1979, and he would lead Ohio State to an 11-0 regular season and a Big Ten title. That was That would turn out to be the most successful season Bruce ever had at Ohio State. Now, he took the Buckeyes to Pasadena, ranked number one in the country with a chance at a national championship with a win over number three USC in the Rose Bowl. But Ohio State would fall one point short, losing 17 to 16 to the Trojans. Now, after that season, Ohio State would not play for another national championship until 2002, 23 years later. So from 1980 to 2000, a span of 21 seasons, the Buckeyes did not play in a national championship game. Actually, you could count 2001 as well. So 22 seasons. That was Jim Trestle's first year, which was a bit of a rebuilding season. But over that span, 80 to 2000, let's call it 2001, the Buckeyes were usually eliminated from national title contention by early October. They did not play in a national championship game. They only won two outright Big Ten titles during that span. And they were 6-14-1 against Michigan. Actually, if we adjust that... For 2001, they were 7-14-1 against Michigan during that span. So what I don't understand, after all of Woody Hayes' success, and I'll, I'll just never understand it, how and why the leadership at Ohio State would settle for seven consecutive three-loss seasons from Earl Bruce, followed by a coach in John Cooper who needed seven seasons to notch his first win against Michigan, 
He needed six seasons to win his first bowl game and nine to win his first outright Big Ten title. I mean, how were both coaches, John Cooper in particular, by the way, because he had no previous ties to the program or to the state of Ohio, how were both coaches allowed to fail repeatedly over such a long period of time? I don't get it. I think actually that would be a very interesting story idea for anyone on the Ohio State beat who'd want to take it on. I actually suggested that to Doug, Nathan, and Steven over text. I I got crickets back. I don't think uh, any of them want any part of that story. And maybe I'm the only Ohio State fan that would really care to know, like, what the hell happened there? What changed about the leadership at Ohio State? Was it, uh, especially during the, the Earl Bruce period, was there a greater emphasis on academics and uh, winning Football was was de-emphasized during that period. I don't know. Um, I'd be very interested to know, though, why the leadership uh, at Ohio State settled for abject mediocrity uh, during that period. Um, because it was a total outlier. I mean, if you look at the last 70 years of Ohio State football, that period, 1980 to 2000 in particular, total outlier. And it, it's very hard to imagine a world where that level of underachieving would ever happen again at Ohio State, especially now with the elimination of Big Ten divisions and a 12-team playoff coming in 2024. That's only going to open up more opportunities for Ohio State to play for championships. And, you know, you've got NIL, you've got the transfer portal, all these advantages for a program like Ohio State that's only going to make it easier for them to compete at the highest level moving forward. You know, it was interesting the other day, Scott Dockerman of The Athletic tweeted that if the Big Ten had staged divisionalist title games in the BCS and college football playoff eras, Ohio State would have played in 17 of the 25 conference title games. And there would have been seven Ohio State-Michigan rematches, which I would have been all for, by the way. I'd Count me as a fan who'd love to see Ohio State-Michigan rematch in the Big Ten title game. So no divisions starting in 2024 for the Big Ten. That's only going to open up more opportunities for Ohio State to play for championships, I think. And then, of course, the new 12-team playoff format, Ohio State could probably have as many as three losses and still make the field. So a lot more success to come, in my view. I think this, this, you know, this machine is going to keep rolling at Ohio State for decades to come. Now, finally, if we look a little closer at the last two decades, that's since 2002, Ohio State has two national championships, 2002 and 2014. They have three other national title game appearances, 06, 07, and 2020, and three other college football playoff appearances, 2016, 2019, and 2022. And any Ohio State fan will tell you those 2019 and 2022 playoff semifinal games could have gone Ohio State's way very easily. They came down to the last minute. And had they won both of those games, we'd be talking about seven national championship game appearances since 2002, but we're not. It's also worth mentioning Ohio State owns nine Big Ten titles and a 16-4 and record versus Michigan over that span since 2002. And by the way, all of that success spans three different coaching regimes, Tressel, Meyer, and Dare. I think that says a lot when you can have that much success over such a long period, that's 21 years, with three different head coaches. Now, let's, let's actually look a little closer. Since 2014, now that's a span of nine seasons, Ohio State has made the 14 playoff five times with two title game appearances and one title. So I don't know, maybe Doug just sets a higher bar for expectations than I do, and that's fine. But in my mind, if you're consistently one of the last four teams standing at the end of the season, as frequently as Ohio State is, right, the national title expectations are totally reasonable as a fan. So back to the question, is the burden of high expectations ruining the joy and fun of being an Ohio State fan? 
I agree with the Buckeye Talk crew. There is definitely a vocal segment of the fan base that seems perpetually miserable, despite all the program success. But to me, it's not a question of managing expectations. I, I don't think that's the solution here. It's really about how do you handle disappointment? Managing your disappointment is really the key to unlocking more fun and enjoyment as a fan out of Ohio State football. Because the reality is, the Buckeyes, despite all the talent, all the resources, all the preseason polls, power rankings, team talent composites, win probabilities, and Vegas odds that point to their greatness, aren't going to win a title every single year. I mean, not even Nick Saban and Alabama win a title every year. Bama only has one title over the last five seasons, by the way. They were embarrassed by Clemson in the title game in 2018. They didn't make the playoffs in 2019 and 2022. But the title expectations for that program don't change, nor should they. They have Nick Saban. They're Alabama. My advice to Ohio State fans, my unsolicited advice to Ohio State fans is lean in to those national championship expectations. The success of the program over the last two decades, spanning three different coaches, tells us that it's okay to have those high expectations. But also understand that the disappointment of not meeting those expectations is also a very real possibility. It's a real possibility even for Alabama. And that's part of being a fan. That's what we put on the table is the risk of being disappointed, the risk of getting hurt. You know, there's a saying that it's better to have loved and lost than to not have loved at all. I think that applies to being a passionate Ohio State fan. I mean, why deny yourself all the joy and fun that comes with being an Ohio State fan out of some irrational fear of being disappointed? So you might be disappointed. So what? The disappointment is bearable. We survive it. Hell, I look like I'm passing a kidney stone for three and a half hours watching some Ohio State games, and I will be despondent for hours, sometimes days after Ohio State loss. But I let myself be bummed out, you know, for however long it takes. It's bearable. I'm going to survive it. The sun comes up tomorrow. So let's stop acting like being a little disappointed is the worst thing that can happen in life. Actually, risking a little disappointment as a fan makes it more enjoyable when the Buckeyes do win. I, you're going to have to trust me on that. I know that may sound counterintuitive, but there's a saying, nothing ventured, nothing gained. That absolutely applies to being an Ohio State fan. Okay, that's going to do it for me. I don't expect you'll hear from me again until fall camp starts. It might not even be until the week of the Indiana game. Until then, thanks so much for listening, and go Bucks. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.